0: What's going on, guys? This is Dave Heilman, a.k.a. Dynasty Dorks. And this is the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, brought to you by Game Time. Snag the tickets without the stress. Use promo code SGPN on your first purchase to save $20. Download the Game Time app and use promo code SGPN. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog has just added Pick'em Scorchers, where you can win 100 times. That's right, turn $5 into 500 in just one game. Plus, every Sunday, they're giving away 100 k Use promo code SGPN at Underdog Fantasy for 100% deposit bonus up to $500. That's crazy. Underdog's awesome. Had a lot of fun playing it this weekend. Sure. I'm still sitting here in Ohio just waiting on them to let it happen. Come on, Underdog. Look yeah. the program. Uh, maybe here in a few weeks, if you uh, we go to the Browns and Colts game, you can, uh, you can oh, come play yeah. some over here. So um, we're going to talk about some dynasty trades. Specifically, we are going to talk about running backs and receivers. We have four weeks. We have a ton of injuries and a ton of stuff to go through. But at this point of the season, you're either you're already in rebuild. You are thinking you're a contender or you're somewhere in the middle. And that Goldilocks situation might be good for porridge, but that is not good for fantasy football because you got to figure it out. And so if you do have a team and you don't know where you're at, shoot us a DM, SGPN Fantasy Football. Shoot me a DM at Dynasty Dorks or at FF Bourbon Dude. You can get bread and we'll give you the honest opinion, whether you are a contender or a pretender. Yeah, but don't, don't let that record be discouraging
1: either, right? We've talked about this before. There are plenty instances of teams that started out 0-3, 0-4, and you can still get into the playoffs. Just think about you get Jamar Chase as your wide receiver one. There's a good chance that your team has not performed to expectations up to this point. Let's say you got that Burrow-Chase stack, and you come into the season, you're like, I'm going to smash. And yet here we are likely struggling to get a win. So don't don't panic, right? From a dynasty perspective, don't panic. Don't look to trade all kinds of assets to go get more, you know, more. Those guys are young. It's fine. Don't freak out. So just don't make any rash decisions just because you're losing some games. That's all.
0: Yeah. And so one thing, and this is a real quick question for you, Brad. I know how I feel about it. What are your thoughts on median scoring? Uh, uh, so to be completely
1: honest, I was 100% against it until it helped me get into the postseason one year. Uh, and now I'm kind of a proponent for it. I do like it because it it levels the playing field a little bit, right? I've got a work league I'm in for three weeks in a row the high, the second highest scorer of the week happened to be playing the highest score of the week. So this person is number one or number two in total points scored and is one in three through the first four weeks. Now, things should level out if his team continues to perform to that level, but Median scoring will help level that out. You get a point if you're above the median. You get a point if you win your head-to-head matchup. Scott Fishbowl, if you think about that, has moved to that, that scoring transition this year as well. Uh, and this time it hasn't helped me because I've won a couple weeks, but I've been below the median score and now it looks like my team is trash, which it probably is, unfortunately. But uh, so it, it, you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't type it.
0: Yeah, I'm a fan of it, and I do think that's a, another good way. What's up, Jamie? To be able to kind of look at where your team at, teams at, um, and you know, you you have some of those teams that somehow fumble their way into three and one, and then you have some teams that somehow fumble their way into one to three, one and three. Um, and and I, I have a few of those teams. I had a team that finally got their first win last week, and I had faced the number one score three weeks in a row, and I was pissed. And yeah. so finally, we got got a dub but that team's good. And so I have other teams that I feel like the record might be a little bit better than what the team is, but median scoring is where you, like Brad said, you get a head to head winner loss and you get a winner loss for the other. And you can also use that to help with your, your tanking and things like that um, because it can also help to be tiebreakers and stuff. Um, so let's talk about some, some dynasty trades. And so again, talking about running backs, and receivers. We'll throw a little redraft in there too, because not everyone's playing all dynasty leagues. I play some redraft myself. Brad, what's a running back that you like to bring up as a possible sell or buy candidate?
1: So so we're going to do a few running backs. We're going to do a few wide receivers like Dave talked about. One that I know I was pretty damn low on coming into the season, uh, and that is the running back for the Chicago Bears, Khalil Herbert. If you take a look From a statistical standpoint, he's looking pretty solid, 4.7 yards per carry. He's eighth among, I I put, qualified uh, running backs in yards after contact per attempt. And that was basically anybody that has rushed the ball less than 50% of the maximum. So I just cut out all the outliers uh, and took them out. So he he was eighth in that with 3.27 yards after contact per attempt. And he was 12th in missed forced tackles. Um, guy that's seen a pretty decent snap share, not what you want out of a you know out of a running back necessarily, but uh, enough based on the situation, I would say we've seen it increase three out of four weeks: forty-one percent, forty-seven percent, sixty percent. So they're going more and more towards the Khalil Herbert way. So Dave, are you a guy that's looking to buy a Khalil Herbert, or are you a guy that's looking to sell Khalil Herbert?
0: You're muted, bud. As the bigger fan of Khalil Herbert on the show, it will sound weird, but I'm actually going to sell at this point because he didn't – he was not very efficient, not very good moving in. Um, I have said this all season to all the Roshan fans, relax. Um, Roshan looks great in the fourth quarter, but that's really like you can tell that the team does want to – they want to feature Khalil Herbert but they're not going to play the 32nd best defense in the league every week and so you have an opportunity to get out um anytime a running back has you know the best week of the year it's probably a good time to sell because you might be holding the bag if he gets hurt or if he gets replaced i mean things happen so quickly and so um you know when the bears have a bye week they could end up switching over to Rosh- Roshon Johnson at some point but i would sell if i could and i think you have a good time to sell because you had a good game and then a potential good matchup this week.
1: Yeah. I I love that. I think he's a sell also. Now you got to be realistic with what you're going to go ask for, right? So if you can move Khalil Herbert for let's say Romeo Dobbs, is that a trade you'd be willing to make Dave?
0: Yeah. I mean, Dobbs is a, that's probably a low end of, you know, I mean, you might be able to get something a little bit better than that. Um, I don't think you can get something way better, but running backs are hard to find, especially with all these injuries and things like that. Um, you know, it's tough. And so you have all these running backs that, you know, that are getting banged up, are questionable. And so um, you might be able to sell them for a little bit more of a premium where you or use package him. Khalil Herbert is a good guy to package. You weren't using him all year. Package him and a receiver to go get, you know, one of the receivers we're going to tell you to buy it later. All right.
1: How about you You, you talk about wanting to tear up? This is clearly, at least over the last two weeks, a pretty big tear up. Would you give Khalil Herbert and let's say an early 24 first, maybe not one, two, and three. So actually, let's say a mid-24 first for Devon A. Chan. Did I get it right?
0: Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, I would.
1: So, so that that's happening, right? We see Khalil Herbert and a 2024 first going for Devon Achan. So if you can pull a move like that off, that's something that makes a lot of sense, right? Now, I think that first-round pick matters. I, I would argue if it's one, two, or three, if it's projected to be top three, I'm not making that move for Achan. Um, I'm likely holding for one of these quarterbacks coming out or Marvin Harrison Jr. or whatever. Um, so, so that I, I would, you know, that's, that's for me, but a lot of these other trades you're seeing are not that great, right? Khalil Herbert for Adam Thielen. I'm, I'm going to hold Herbert there. I just think Adam Thielen, 32, 33 years old, probably not the right rock. Khalil Herbert for Alexander Madison. It's really kind of the same tier for me in a swap. Uh, I'd actually probably prefer the Herbert side out of that. And then Khalil Herbert and a 2024 first for Derrick Henry that just happened a couple days ago. I'm probably steering clear of that type of deal as well, because if I'm moving Khalil Herbert, is is Derrick Henry going to do that much with my first on top of it to help me win this year? I, I just don't know the answer to that or I'm
0: not comfortable with the answer to that. So um, it's definitely time to talk about buying your pick, you know, buying your tickets to go to game time. Um, if you go to the game time app, you can buy tickets. You don't have to worry about the stress. I know, like we talked before, I like to be a good host. And when I have people over, first thing I'm doing is asking, them, what do you want to do? Let's go visit the town. Let's go. Let's go do what we can. And Game Time makes it fast and easy to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. We have killer last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Um, for me, like I said, I took my nephew and my son to go see some, uh, some SmackDown. It was a great time. Um, my, my son's first wrestling event, my first time since I was a kid, and my, my nephew's birthday – Um, They have flash deals, last minute tickets. It's easy to buy and find tickets. And the best part, you get the image. You know exactly what your seats are going to look like. You don't buy a ticket and think you got a great deal and then show up there and you can't see anything. So lowest price guaranteed event cancellation protection, job loss protection. Game time is the place for last minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The Game Time Guarantee means you'll get the best price, and if you don't, they'll give you one hundred percent, one hundred and ten percent Game Time credit for the difference. Snag the tickets! Snag the tickets without the stress. Download the Game Time app. Create an account. Use promo code SGPN for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem code is SGPN for $20 off down the game time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed.
1: I love it. I love it. Jamie, you're talking about Jerome Ford. And, uh, you know, we saw kind of the downfall of him this week. We've really seen it over two weeks. He's not been that efficient. It doesn't help that, that the Browns lost Jack Conklin as well. Uh, on that offensive line. But if you can get a second rounder for him, that to me is an absolute smash. I'd actually be, you know, that's the, the floor for me. If I can get a second, I'm good. But I'm looking to try to capitalize on some of the other situations that are going around. And here's a trade that I absolutely love. Jerome Ford and Drake London for Josh Jacobs and Kyron Williams. So you find somebody tilting very hard on Josh Jacobs right now. You see a couple good at least uh, target share games from Drake London over the last couple weeks, and you use that to capitalize and go get a waiver wire darling and Kyron Williams, who is getting all of the work no matter what right now, and Josh Jacobs, who is getting all the work. It's just not really – the, the Raiders offense is not really moving the ball all that great right now. So, Dave, where are you at with Jerome Ford? Do you like that two for two or would you hold?
0: Yeah, I, I, and I like how you package them in there. Um, Josh Jacobs is kind of regressing back to the mean. And so, um, you know, looking at that, um, so you're, you're selling Ford. Um, if I get a second round pick, especially an early second round pick, yeah, like Ford was not someone you were relying on. That was just something like that was a twenty dollar bill you found you found um you know in the dryer. And you weren't expecting to have that today. So you got it. Go and you know, go go and do what you can with it. And you get that that second round pick, it's gonna be a lot more valuable on draft day next year than Jerome Ford is gonna be next year. And so um, yeah, I, I'm gonna do that all day. I just uh, I just traded Alexander Madison for a second round pick in in, uh, in our league, Brad. And it's nice. uh should be a pretty pretty should be at least a at least a mid second round pick. Uh, no offense, Evan, that's, if you're listening. That's
1: good. I mean, you saw Cam get some work and actually get some work in the red zone. So that's pretty scary in the first active game for him from for all, all the Alexander Madison truthers slash owners right now. So
0: yeah, and yeah. so right, um, you know, go ahead.
1: All right, you ready to move on to the next guy? We talked a little bit about Jerome Ford. We covered Khalil Herbert, some Alexander Madison. But let's go back. It's almost like I can't get through a podcast without bringing up the dog. The man himself, DeAndre Swift, former Georgia Bulldog, former Detroit Lion with all the analytics, and now getting the actual work that we had prayed that he would get in the NFL, when we saw what he could do, and it's finally coming into fruition for the first three well, three of the first four weeks for the Philadelphia Eagles, leading the NFL in yards per carry and with 6.2 yards per carry. He's 13th in the NFL in yards after contact per attempt, and he has caused the fifth most missed force tackles. This dude is the real deal, and the the Philadelphia Eagles see it. They're there, yes. Kenneth Gainwell gets a little bit of work, but they're really doing a nice job of splitting it in a way that gives DeAndre Swift the bulk, but also keeps him fresh and hopefully long term can stay healthy for the Philadelphia Eagles. For me, He's got to be a hold if you've got him. And he might unfortunately be a sell because people are going to ask for the farm for him. I got somebody who knows I'm a Swift truther, wanted both of my 2024 first round picks for DeAndre Swift. And as much as I want to think that's a good deal right now, three games is not enough to make me pull the trigger there. But how about you, Dave? Are you to the point? To where you trust the Eagles and you trust DeAndre Swift to give up two first round picks for him.
0: Some would say that you're a Swifty. I am definitely a Swifty. <laughs> um and, and so I, I do like what we've seen, and I think the whole Ken Gain, Kenneth Gainwell thing is was short-lived. Um, but you know, as someone that has, you know, I, and I like DeAndre Swift. I just, we know how it can go with him. And so he's typically worth more when you sell than when you buy. This offseason was the opposite. But he's always been, like, you could have traded him last year for two first-round picks the year before, maybe three. He's always been worth more to sell than what he actually was on the field. Um, he had a couple good, you know, he'd have a couple spikes. Um, and so the last few weeks were really good performances. He is behind a great offensive line, kind of similar to David Montgomery, where he's finally he's in a great situation. He's being used correctly. Um, But, you know, anytime you have a running back like this, it's going to be hard to sell them. So you may have to hold. Obviously, if you're a rebuilding team, you're going to sell him, even though he's a younger running back. Um, But I think you can get quite a bit for him right now. And so that's the reason why I might consider selling just because you do have three good weeks in a row you're not it's not just one week and you know against the Broncos it was three weeks decent matchups i mean not necessarily playing against the San Francisco 49ers but decent matchups and he's looked very good um i think a, a- chan's probably not in your sample size because i don't think he has 50% carries yet but yep. um you now he's, he's one under yeah one under. so he's he's yep. second as far as yards per carry cuz a chan is like at 11 yards per carry Yeah. Um, Um, But um, yeah, I'm selling Swift if I can, but obviously I need the right price.
1: Yeah. So and based on what I'm getting in leagues, he's a he's a sell for me. But when I look at some of these trades that are actually going down in other people's leagues, he's worth going to at least shop around for. Right. If I could pay Drake London and a early, I'll even say this, let's assume this is an early second round pick for DeAndre Swift. I'm going to take that every single time. If I can move DeAndre Swift for a second and a fifth round pick, and these are within the last couple of days. So this is not, you know, something from three, four weeks ago, a second and a fifth round pick in a rookie draft. I'm going to take that deal. If I could move Jonathan Taylor and get DeAndre Swift, And Mike Evans, if I'm trying to win this year, that's probably a trade that I'm willing to make right now. So, Dave, do any of those three pique your interest? Are you hell no to some or are you hell yes to some?
0: Well, uh, I know we had had a big discussion about second round picks last week. Um, Second round picks are kind of the sweet spot for running backs. So kind of like, you know, that day two draft capital. Um, like if you're going to get a running back, like D'Andre Swift for a second round pick, I can, I'm, I'm down for that. Like I'll, I'll pay that price and I'll probably hold him unless I'm getting more than that. Like I would need a second and uh, maybe another second, like a future second or another player. Um, I feel like it's, it's, that's the the market value and he's more valuable on my team than like getting sticker price. Um, Drake London, that trade I would do, um, that third trade, I don't think I would do that. you'd hold JT. Yeah, I'd hold JT. I mean, we've seen the usage and don't get me wrong. Like I looked at, I looked at PFF today. Zach Moss is actually like balling out. Like he's, he's playing really well. I still think there's a good chance that he could get traded. Um, And so you could see a, a situation where he gets traded, goes to one of these contenders and he ends up on a great roster. And in Jonathan Taylor, I mean, we've never seen Jonathan Taylor on a team that scores a ton of points. You know, like, imagine he were to get, like, five red zone carries a a game like like Derrick Henry does. Like, that would be nuts. Imagine, and this isn't
1: real, but imagine he's with, like, the Chiefs. If you yeah, the Chiefs oh, and
0: Buffalo Bills, yeah. like that's the first thing that comes to mind. Uh, yeah, right. Is, you yeah. know, the Chiefs, no, the Bills, not the Bills, I've got a few James Cook shares. Don't put that out into the ether. And, and, uh, we're not, I mean, we, we wouldn't do the San Francisco 49ers, but I mean, we saw what the San Francisco 49ers did last year and got him, and it made a huge difference. Um, you know, you're going to like, there's going to have to be another team in there that goes and, and takes a swing and does something. And so, um, you know I was I don't know who it would be I mean Miami would make uh made a whole lot of sense before and now you have you know a three-headed four-headed backfield but yeah. they, I mean Miami said their coach said they want five running backs so maybe they'll go and trade for them
1: maybe they'll maybe they'll pull the trigger anyway maybe they'll pull the trigger anyway but hey let me tell you about what I'm going to pull the trigger on with underdog fantasy this weekend because they are the greatest and give you different ways to play alongside your favorite fantasy football team all season long. And they've introduced, uh, it's called the Scorchers. So if you can go, hey, look, you do 4-4, four, four, hey, you're good to go. It pays out like 20 times. But if you go into the Scorcher and you go five, four, five, you get a spicy, a spicy 100-time payout. And that goes from now until October the 4th. So you only have one day left that they are matching our deposit up to $500. That's right. Not $100, not $200, but $500 with a 100% deposit match. Not to mention they have $100,000 Sundays. They continue on an Underdog Fantasy. And 10 lucky players are going to win ten grand each. Look, here is my top play this week. We saw, we well, if you listen to us on Sunday, you heard all of us basically say, just ignore the Bears for now. Just ignore them until they decide to let Justin Fields do what Justin Fields does. And boy, did he do it this past week? And I look for that to continue. I'm smashing the hire on 46 and a half rushing yards for Justin Fields this week. So make sure you get that in your Scorchers lineup. So watch along, make your picks, and maybe even make a little catch over on Underdog's mobile app or their website at underdogfantasy.com. Make sure when you sign up, use our promo code SGPN. An underdog will double your first deposit of up to, again, $500. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy, promo code SGTN. Five seconds. All there right. you go. All right. Hey, Bernie, you're welcome. Hopefully that helps out a little bit. Hopefully that helps out a little bit. But, hey, let's get on to our next running back. We've talked about Khalil Herber. We've talked about DeAndre Swift. Let's go to maybe a little bit of a question mark. So this is two running backs on the same team. And Dave, I just need some help. I just need some help. The whole off season, I heard everybody say Dan Campbell is going to change. He spent too high of a draft pick on Jameer Gibbs. And yet here we are four weeks through the season. He doesn't have a touchdown. And yet David Montgomery has five of them. He's averaging under four yards a carry. He's number 17 in yards after contact per attempt in David Montgomery. Like, it's not great numbers, but he's getting all of the rushing work and those valuable touches inside the red zone. So where are we at with Jameer Gibbs? Where are we at with David Montgomery? Who's a buy and who is a sell?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm okay keeping both of them on my team. And I'm, gonna, I'm okay with acquiring both. I had David Montgomery as the bye this entire offseason. He has a two-year contract with the Lions. So he'll be on there next year. He flies right into that Jamal Williams role. And David Montgomery was – I mean, I won almost all my leagues this week because I have David Montgomery in every single one of them. Yep. And, you know, when the Lions are up on top, it's going to be a David Montgomery week. I think the only time you're going to see a Jameer Gibbs – Week is when they're trailing. And so we haven't seen them get into other than week one, really get into a high scoring match. And let's be honest, week one wasn't even that high scoring. And so when they're up 21-3 at half, don't expect them to come out and use Jameer Gibbs a lot. Um, as far as you know, Dave Montgomery, he gets all the goal line work, he's guaranteed almost almost guaranteed to get a touchdown every week. They don't have a rushing quarterback to siphon that off, and Jamison Williams coming back isn't going to change that. Um, so I, I like Jameer Gibbs, but he's someone that I mean, you can probably go, you know, see if someone's frustrated enough to go buy him. Um, and when they get into some tougher matchups later on down in the season, where they have to use him a little bit more, but you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna buy unless the price is right because you're not really putting him in your lineup, like. I wrote a little thing for uh uh fantasy pros this morning. And um I the guy that I had that's inside the top 40 that I think is gonna finish outside the top 40 is Jameer Gibbs. Like I'm a huge fan of Jameer Gibbs, but like everybody's been putting him above David Montgomery every single week. And minus the week that Montgomery didn't play, Montgomery's been the better play. And so finally ECR has corrected itself, but he still is uh you know flex wide receiver 34 in ECR, and that's just too high.
1: I mean, he's getting virtually the exact same work that we saw DeAndre Swift get. Five to 10 carries, most of the receiving work, like that role is still the exact same. I get it. Everything analytically says he's better. He has a better yards per carry. He has a better missed forced tackle rate. He has better yards after contact from... All of these things say that Jameer Gibbs is a better running back than what we get out of David Montgomery from all of that, that numbers space. But the fact of the matter is, Dan Campbell does not give a shit about analytics. That's not really what he goes for unless he's going for it on fourth down and saying, screw the field goal, right? I'm going with the analytics here. But even though Jameer Gibbs shows better at everything than, or everything better than what David Montgomery is, it doesn't matter. So, um, It's tough. I moved him in a redraft lead. So we talk a lot about dynasty on here. We've covered all the trades from a dynasty perspective. But I want to get your perspective in a redraft trade that I actually made. uh, Was it today or yesterday? Today or yesterday to go and get Jameer Gibbs. So I moved. We talked Jerome Ford. Jamie, you brought him up. Jerome Ford and Brandon Ayuk who is the next guy that we're going to talk about, not to peek behind the curtain a little bit, at the wide receiver position, he'll be the first one we talk about. Brandon Ayuk and Jerome Ford for Amari Cooper and Jameer Gibbs. So is am I am I obviously projecting a little bit with Jameer Gibbs, hoping there's a little bit more opportunity for him, but is that crazy to go and sell a guy like Brandon Ayuk right now with just the fact he's had two out of three games where he hasn't dropped a ball averaging like 140 yards a game. He is the guy outside of CMC in San Francisco to go and get what I hope Jameer Gibbs turns into.
0: Yeah. I mean, you, you saw the, the, the fab. I mean, every week you're going to have like, this is the top fab guy and Kyron Williams and Puka Nakua. Those were big wins when you got, you know, Devon H H that was a big win. Jerome Ford was a big loss. And so you got, the two touchdowns the first week, but we were like, Hey, hold up. He had 10 carries. He was the fourth Brown to, to rush the football. And he's you know you know, he's missing, you know, Jack Conklin, but looking at the usage, they're not using him the way that everyone was paying for. He's really getting a lot of work in that. He's in like the Kareem hunt role and Kareem hunts kind of moved into the power back role. And so um, he's more involved in the passing game, which is interesting, but, you missed, the, you, know, you missed. You're gonna have to wait for another good week before you can sell him. I like the move. Amari Cooper's schedule gets really nice here soon. They should, yep. you know, they should get, um, you know, they, they're gonna Deshaun Watson back here soon. There's uh Jack Conklin's gonna be back this year, or is that an ACL? Uh,
1: it was, he's out the season. I'm, uh, okay. let me double check that, but
0: I'm pretty sure he's out the season yeah, I, I like the move. I have Gibbs over Ford yep. rest of the season, and Cooper and yeah, I. Yeah, he's I are going to for the season. Yep. Yep. Yep.
1: All right. Hey, let's move on to the wide receiver position. We talked quite a bit about the running backs, and we're going to go right into the guy that we just mentioned, Brandon Ayuk, a guy who has 18.8 yards per catch. He's garnering a massive target share on a consistent basis. 24% in week one, 20% in week two, was out in week three, came back and garnered a 24% target share in week four. A disgusting 85% catch rate. That's That's not true catch rate. That is from a Targets to receptions, not what, you know, not taking into account errant throws or anything like that. This dude is just catching the ball 85% of the time. It's gross. Week one and week four, he did not drop a ball. And then he didn't play week two or week three like I had talked about. He has an astronomical yards per route run at 4.57. And his average depth of target is 16 yards. This is a guy that if you listen to Dave and I in the off season, Dave, you were on him before I was, this dude was very high. We were much higher on him in ECR uh, or then the ECR from fantasy pros. We were very, we saw it coming. It was, we knew it was going to happen and it's come to fruition through the first four weeks of the season. He's beating everybody right now from an analytical perspective. He's number, I believe eight wide receiver, uh, I'm sorry, number 15 wide receiver, and he missed a game. So, Dave, where are you at with Brandon Ayuk? Is he a guy you want to get on your squad, or is he a guy that you think has reached his peak and that you should be selling?
0: No, I- I'm buying. And so at a you know, a lot there's always this like there's too many mouths to feed kind of feel about San Francisco, but there really isn't. Because not everybody's eating. Brandon Ayuk, that dude, he always eats. Sometimes you get Kittle in there. Sometimes you get Yadibo, but it's pretty consistent and concentrated that it's Ayuk and McCaffrey. And the one thing that we had with Jimmy Garoppolo is they never pushed the ball down the field. Purdy's actually pushed it down the field, and it's not pushing it down the field to anybody else but Ayuk. And you said you know he, he caught six six for six last week. It was 24.67 yards per target. This is not like catching dump-off passes. He's catching them 30, 40 yards down the field. He has great body control. He's a great ball tracker. And he is one of those guys, kind of like DeAndre Johnson. He's always open. And then he's he's in this perfect system. And so um, I love the fact that even though he's on the field with great players, it doesn't affect his game. And so, I um, mean, he's he's a very – low key wide receiver one. And, you know, he really like, you look at him like he's a wide receiver too, not just because of, of Debo, but just the name value. People don't put a lot of respect on him. And so like, I mean, like, let's look at, like, look at, let's look at some of the like the twos, right? So like the twos that are considered ones, the three pack, Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddle, T Higgins, would you have any in redraft? Would you put Ayuk over all those guys rest of the season? Yes. Yeah, me too. And so, like, when you look at trade no, I, value, no hesitation. None. Yeah, and you look at trade value, I can understand the appeal of the other guys. But, like, he's not that much older. He's got first-round draft capital. He's, he's in only a great team. Yes. And oh, so, yeah. like. He's not like, even in his prime. Iuks a buy, and don't do me wrong. Like it's really hard to sell like T Higgins for IU plus something right now. You're probably gonna have to do it straight up. Um, but like, I would do that. <laughs> like I, I, I'm. Yeah, a, yeah. And in redraft, like look at look at this. Uh, his schedule. So he has Dallas and Cleveland is tough. Then he's gonna have Minnesota, Cincinnati, and then a bye week. He gets Jacksonville, Tampa Bay. And then, so if you're looking on Sleeper, it's from week 12 to week 17, it's dark green because dark green is good. So we get Seattle, Philly, Seattle, Arizona, Baltimore, and Washington in the championship game, unless you're a crazy person that has a week 18 championship. Like San Francisco is going to ball out. They got a great championship schedule, a great playoff schedule, and IUK is going to be a league winner.
1: Yep. hey Jamie, it wasn't just you, dude. But Dave and I were preaching this while we were doing all of our read, all of our uh, mock drafts in the season, saying, "Hey, look at Debo going in like the fourth and fifth round, and you're getting Ayuk in the seventh, sixth or seventh round. Like, there's a two round difference between ADP of Debo and Ayuk. I and outside of Debo's wide receiver two complete outlier season that required what was it?" eight rushing touchdowns, he's not really been hugely relevant. Now, he he has garnered targets. I mean, I mean, he didn't garner a single one this week, but the three weeks prior, he was seven targets, nine targets, 12 targets, but they're close to the line of scrimmage. He's working his yak deal, right? Dave, you kind of talked about Brandon Ayuk and his yardage and they're down the field. That is 100% true. This dude only has 40-something yards after the catch. Forty. He has a game with 129 yards and a game with 148 yards, and you're telling me only 40 of those came after the catch? So this dude, his average depth of target is way down the field. His air yards are huge from a percentage of the team perspective, and he's just coming down with those balls. This isn't a fluke. He caught it in space and made somebody miss and got huge yards after the catch. This dude is making plays. And I love it, love it, love it. Go get him. And, hey, let's talk about a couple trades because that's what we're here for. Would you move a first and two seconds for Brandon Ayuk? Yeah. All day, every day. Would you move Brandon Ayuk for Saquon Barkley?
0: Give me a second. I'm going to go try to do that right now.
1: <laughs> a first and two seconds or Saquon Yeah. <laughs>
0: well, I, I'd rather him over Saquon, and then yes, yeah. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go try to do the other. Yeah, both of those are
1: Brandon Ayuk. I'd take Ayuk over the first and two seconds. I'd take Ayuk over Saquon Barkley. Would you take Ayuk over Drake London and Dalton Kincaid? So I'm I'm starting to get into your your love joy territory. So what side would you be on that one? It was Dalton Kincaid plus Dalton Kincaid and Drake London.
0: Oh, no, I'll take Ayuk.
1: Okay. Would you take Brandon Ayuk and a second or Tyreek Hill?
0: That one's tough. I also just lost Tyreek Hill in a Dracula situation of Vampire League today, so I'm upset. Um, hmm. i probably stick with Tyreek Hill, but it's I'm okay with doing that, but I, I do like to tear up. So I think that's a good tier up move. Rather move somebody else, not name Brandon Ayuk to do that, but uh I still have Hill above and I'm okay with it. Second does make the difference.
1: All right, and we'll do one more Brandon. Well, no, we don't need to do it because you said you'd do a first and two seconds. So you're definitely gonna take Ayuk over Marquise Brown and a singular 2024 20, second as well, I would assume. Yep. So he is still a very affordable piece. You probably missed your buy window to be completely honest, right? If I look at these, um, all of these were before the game this weekend. Um, They were on the 30th of September. So you're coming off a three catch 43 yard game and then, uh, you know, missing a game because of injury before he came back. So those prices have likely shifted a little bit, but it's, I, it's the real deal. I know two out of four is what you're seeing, but this dude is legitimate. So, yeah. And
0: uh, Debo is someone that, like, I would never cheer against the player, but I had, I got asked a question at the expo of who's the most rated, overrated player in the NFL. And, like, I've always said Debo is my most overrated fantasy football player. So I said Debo Samuel. And so if you look at Game Time HQ on Instagram, they got a video and I'm, I said Debo and man. There's love for Debo on the streets. I'm not allowed to watch football anymore. Um, the, the video got about 2 million views. Um, and there's, nice. It's not It's not only me. There's a, a couple other people on there. But uh, probably about 900 comments about that Debo Samuel is like people love him. And I'm like, oh, I, he's I mean. A, I love watching
1: him. He's a fantastic football player. But he's, he's not a, he's not a true wide receiver like Brandon Iuk is. He's just not. Correct. So, Correct. All right. Let's move into a couple. The, the next, we'll, we'll do two. We'll, maybe we'll bring in a guy that everybody's been talking about. But I think these two are guys you need to think about. The first one we're going to cover is Nico Collins, wide receiver for the Houston Texans. Another guy who has a monster yard per catch, 19.5. He's garnering a very good target share for the situation that we see him in, 19%, 16%, 26%. He's got a really good yards per route run from an analytical perspective, 3.37 yards per route run. His a. another one down the field, 12.7 air yards or 12.7 yards uh, per target. Uh and he leads the league in yards after the catch. So not only is he seeing targets down the field? He is also turning them into yards after the catch. So this is Brandon Ayuk on crack a little bit. He's getting those downfield targets, but instead of 40 yards after the catch, he's getting almost 200 yards after the catch. Dave, is this real? Is this a? Are you buying it or are you selling it when we talk about Nico Collins?
0: Yeah. And so I would love to buy Nico Collins. I just need to know what the price is because I assume someone that has Nico Collins is probably someone that loves Nico Collins and has been waiting for this. And so they're probably going to dig their heels in and want to get Brandon Ayuk for Nico Collins. So if I could trade Nico Collins for Brandon Ayuk right now, yes, I would do that. So if you got some trade examples for me, that probably would help me with this because I do believe it. I, I think that, that I, I love what they're doing there. And the the craziest part is, and this is why, like, I, I wasn't the biggest CJ Stroud fan, but I was really like, man, this offensive line is a mess. There's no way that this like, and they're going to trust him to like drop back and throw the ball 30, 40 times. Yep. Every single week, sometimes 50. And so like, nico collins is getting not only a large target share but it's a big pizza pie like this is 40 50 and they're in a neutral game script they're passing the ball like they're they're, and and they have four offensive linemen that have been hurt this team could get better like i heard today about like someone someone someone, they're like hey put a, a a futures bet on the texans to win the afc south and i was like Man, I mean, the Jaguars don't look great. You got the uh, the Titans don't look great. The Colts are actually in the lead at two and two. Texans are right there in it, and they could get better.
1: It, yeah, you talk about the first four weeks with Nico Collins. Outside of the blowout of the Jacksonville Jaguars, um, the the games are decent defensive teams. They played the Baltimore Ravens. They played the Indianapolis Colts. They played the Pittsburgh Steelers. Three pretty solid off or defenses going up against a rookie quarterback, a new coach, a new offensive coordinator, a new system. All of these things that would say are going against them, but it's really not. And the schedule just gets easier. They play Atlanta. They play Carolina. They play Cincinnati, who is awful right now, Arizona, Denver. Tennessee, Cleveland, Tennessee, like the the schedule gets, it's very nice for Nico. It's very nice for CJ Stroud. So I agree whether it's redraft or dynasty, this is a guy I'm going to get. In dynasty, I'll give you a couple trades and then we'll talk about kind of where our head is from a redraft perspective with Nico Collins because I'm sure it is drastically different. So, would you move Traylon Burks in a third to go get Nico Collins?
0: Yes, I I, I don't like Traylon yeah. Burks, so that's that one's an easy one for me.
1: Yep, I love it. All right, would you move uh, Nico Collins? Uh, ooh, this is this is a tough one, and he is definitely the lowest player out of these. So this might not be good, but it's the next closest one. There's not a whole lot of deals with him. Uh, Bijan Robinson and Nico Collins, or Kenneth Walker and Jordan Addison.
0: Oof. I mean, let's just just kind of you, yeah, like you got Bijan over Ken Walker, yep. but then you got, um, man, that that is tough. You is got Jordan, Jordan Addison, Addison over <laughs> Nico? Like I don't I, look. I'm probably taking Nico.
1: I don't know if I have if I you know in a few weeks if Nico keeps performing. I don't think Jordan Addison's going to be over Nico in Dynasty anymore for me. Like he's the alpha on his team, tied to a young quarterback. He's still young. He's not in his prime yet. There's no way that Jordan Addison would ever be the primary wide receiver in that offense with Justin Jefferson uh, and now T.J. Hawkinson as well. So I, I think if I see a little, you know, another game or two out of Nico, I, I think I see him above Jordan Addison.
0: Yeah, I mean I can see that and just Jefferson's there. Nico Collins is you know, I thought someone last week, someone on Fantasy Pro said Thank Dell's the new number one in Houston and no, he's not. Um no. Nico Nico profiles like an alpha and yep. um thank Dell's perfect robin to Nico's Batman. Yep. Ooh,
1: I I like this question a lot, Jamie. Is he closer to Burrow and cousins uh than the cousins that we kind of thought, right? So uh, you know, you think about these, there's probably two tiers from a dynasty perspective in between where we had Joe Burrow and where we had Kirk Cousins, just from a longevity and a and a contract, contractual perspective, right? Kirk Cousins, a free agent going into next season. Uh, Joe Burrow got that nice new contract in the offseason. So totally different contractual standards also spread them out a little bit. But I think definitely is. I, th- I think we've seen enough out of C.J. Stroud. And the fact that D'Amico Ryans and that offensive staff are just willing to let him play. He's making very good decisions. He has not thrown an interception yet. A rookie (laughs) quarterback going up against those defenses I just talked about, right? Baltimore, Pittsburgh, they love, they wreak havoc on rookie quarterbacks. They love rushing the passer and forcing mistakes. And yet he didn't do it. He has not turned the ball over yet through the first four weeks. I definitely think that he shifted that tier uh, and moved in the tier below Joe Burrow because I had Joe Burrow in my second tier. anyway.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's he's closer. um, And even though he's not the most athletic guy, he still has more mobility than Cousins. Um, You're looking at like the in-pocket mobility where, you know, he's making guys miss in the phone booth doesn't have to necessarily scramble. Um, and he's got a little bit more of that arm flexibility that you're looking for with some of the new newer guys. I will say this, and this is not to to put a wet blanket on things. It's been a few games and he's looked great, but I want to see what he's, you know, he's like the second, the second quarter of the season because teams are starting to get some tape on him and seeing how he reacts to that because it is a game of chess in the NFL. We've seen quarterbacks go on six or seven game tears, and we're like, man, this guy is it. And then all of a sudden, defenses figure him out, or something like that happens to break his confidence. But CJ Stroud is playing with a lot of confidence right now. This team's playing with a lot of confidence, and this play caller is playing with a lot of confidence. And like I said, I think the offense is going to get better when the offensive line gets better. I like Juice Scruggs. Laramie Tunsell is a nice. Nice pick. They made some trades for some offensive linemen this offseason. That depth has really come into play. Um, and they have they have two tackles. They have bookend tackles with Tyce Howard and Laramie Tunsil. And not a lot of teams have that. Absolutely.
1: All right, let's get to the last guy that we're talking about. We're about we're almost an hour in. So this guy's a lot lower on the list. A lot lower on the list. We've been talking about the situation for this team coming all through the offseason, who's the major target getter outside of their number one overall tight end in Travis Kelsey. Is it going to be Kadarius, Tony? Is it MVS? Is it Sky Moore in year two? Is it the rookie and Rasheed Rice? And that's who we're going to talk about is the actual number one target in three out of four games outside of Travis Kelsey at the wide receiver position. Rasheed Rice has garnered the most targets for a Kansas City wide receiver every week with the exception of one. Is this a guy that you're interested in, Dave? A guy who's averaging almost 11 yards per catch. He's, like I said, he's led the team three out of four weeks at the wide receiver position in targets. Do you think he's the guy, or do you still think Darius Toney, who has seen a pretty big jump in snaps, and routes run from last week to this week. Where's Where's the ball going to start going as we move forward?
0: Well, I'll say this: with Kadarius Tony, we we know the injury history, and even if he becomes the guy, he ends up being the injured guy, and then we just get frustrated with him. So he's anytime Kadarius Tony does anything, it's like oh, cracks that cell window open. You, you need yep. to jump through it and make it happen. But Rasheed Rice, what I think is most interesting about what you said. Here's his snap share, 31, 18, 51, 48. This guy's only played over 50% of snaps one time, and that was 51% of the time. And that 51%, he had seven targets. So I don't know what his um, targets per route run was, but I can imagine it was pretty high. When you're seeing somebody get three or four, targets per route run like we we're not not three or four targets per route run but we're looking at a guy that's getting targeted on every three or four routes that's that's what you're looking for and i don't know like and like how many times we see the first read but i know for a fact that him and kelsey are the red zone targets
1: uh yeah i mean we saw that in week 1 we saw him get a red zone target um I just think this is, he he's getting more opportunity. I think that 30% in week 1, a lot of that had to do he had some drops early on, right? He he couple balls hit him right in the hands in week 1 that he dropped. They pulled him off the field. Same thing in week 2, pulled him off the field. Now that confidence maybe is starting to get built a little bit and we're seeing him really run with uh at least the opportunity that he's getting now, you know, there's a good chance that Kansas city just continues to do what they've done up to this point, And they just spread the ball out. And there's really nobody outside of Travis Kelsey, but if you're going to take a shot on somebody for me, it's going to be Rasheed rice. You know, when I can move James Connor and get Rasheed rice and a pick, I'm going to do that. Right. So I think that's a great move. James Connor, 28 years old, In the Arizona offense, I know he's getting some, he's getting the volume and whatnot, but likely James Conner has not been helping my team win. And I want to get out from underneath that before he's completely useless or non-valuable on the team. So if I can add a pick plus a Rasheed Rice, I'm loving something like that. If I can move Miles Sanders in a second for Zach Charbonnet and Rasheed Rice, so now you've got some tilt on Zach Charbonnet. Because we're starting to see, hey, look, this team is going to lean on Kenneth Walker in most situations, Uh, so that severely caps. He's basically a high-value handcuff at this point. Is that a move you would be willing to make, move Miles Sanders in a 24-second for Zach Charbonnet and Rasheed Rice?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not a believer in Sanders, and he's continuing to get hurt. He's very inefficient, and you can see, you know, I know they paid a lot of money for him, but... He's not holding up and he's not even had the full like full workload and his efficiency is down a lot because he's not run behind those elephants in Philadelphia. So it's uh, it's different when you're not playing for a good offense and in a good offensive line. So um, I would do that trade. I, I'll say this. I, I think Rishi Rice is definitely a buy based on everything we said um, and, and just maybe now He's not the main target in the trade. Like, you might just mm-hmm. be like, hey, throw me this, throw me Rasheed Rice into the trade. Because I don't think you're gonna, you know, like James Conner is not worth a whole lot. Maybe a late second, and that's what you're getting, you know, a sec late second and a third, you know. But I like that move. And I can understand the move from the person getting Connor too. Because if you're yeah, needing a running sure. back and you're a contending team, yeah, give me James Connor for Rasheed Rice, which is probably your seventh or eighth receiver, maybe sixth receiver.
1: Yep, yeah, I love it. All right. So one more. This is very interesting to me. Cause at first, when, he, when you see it, you're like, not a fucking chance. Oh, oh, I dropped an F-bomb on here. Wow. Uh, that there's no chance of taking this trade. But when you think about it, it might be something you'd be willing to do. Would you be willing to take Rasheed Rice to get DeAndre Hopkins off your roster?
0: Yeah, I, I would take Rasheed Rice for DeAndre Hopkins right now. Like They're, they're not I, much different this year, and then Hopkins is going to be – this is what happens. Like, this is the cycle. Your veteran receiver gets cut or traded lands on Tennessee, and then he gets out of the league. I mean, <laughs> it's just rinse and repeat. Uh, I yeah, mean, yeah. there's so many. There's You got uh, Terrell Owens spent some time over there, Julio Jones. I know Robert Woods is trying to make a comeback here, um, but, you know. Yeah, he's he, in Houston, though. He's in Houston. Yeah, he, he went, he, to he,
1: went he, he went there, died, and then he's like, oh, I'm not that bad. It's just Tennessee. Let me
0: let go. Me yeah, Tennessee <laughs> is just where where good players go to die, man.
1: Yeah. Oh, man. Not named Derrick Henry, that is. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. All
0: right. So Just, yeah, just two, more guys mention, yeah. two more guys to mention. Two more guys to mention. Um, everybody is you know they're very quick to react Chris Olave last week he did not help anybody win any games he probably helped you lose a game jump on that Derek Carr was banged up he was not able to throw the ball down the field when they throw the ball down the field Chris Olave is the target and they've missed on a couple close ones this year they're still trying to figure it out but They're they're another team that has a good, good schedule coming up here soon. Chris Olave is getting the targets. He's getting the air yards. Derek Carr is going to get healthier. That shoulder obviously limited him last week. And take advantage of people that are tilting off of a very very bad performance. And then Christian Watson. Christian Watson came in. He only played 45% of the snaps. Still got a touchdown. That's all this dude does. Is score touchdowns and he had ten fantasy points, and you know like touchdowns will definitely help keep things going. But on top of it, he still got yeah you know, only he played on forty five percent of the snaps, four targets, and as far as the air yards, that's what you're looking for. And so this offense, obviously, you have Aaron Jones, you have Romeo Dobbs, you have Jalen Reed, but Christian Watson is the guy they drafted. They put the most draft capital in, and He's got the big playability. Not only is he, he's built very similar to Nico Collins. You know, this guy is 6'4, 205, and he runs a 4'3. Like he's an athletic freak. And so when you, you got him on this offense, he's given you one game this year. You're probably a little frustrated with him, even at the touchdown last week. And so you can go and try to get him. He gets Las Vegas this week, goes on a bye, then he gets Denver then he's going to be impossible to sell after that three-touchdown game. Then he gets Minnesota, the Rams, Pittsburgh, and then the Chargers. I will say that his playoff schedule is a little tough. He's got uh, Detroit, Kansas City, the Giants, and Tampa Bay. Obviously, the Giants aren't as tough as maybe it looks on here, but those are some, some lower-ranked. finishes against Carolina, and then well, actually gets Minnesota in Week 17. But I yeah, do think Kristen Watson's by
1: He's bringing some heat, though, man. Christian Watson in a 2025 first for Amon Ra. Like I'm taking Amon Ra, uh, Christian Watson for Chris Godwin in a 2024 second. It's interesting. I, I I actually think I like Godwin there, but I like I could I think it's an even trade in the grand scheme of things. Uh, and then Christian Watson for Ramondre Stevenson and a second round pick. So he's. He's bringing some heat right now. Uh, you're gonna have to you're you're gonna have to pay up for him, and I think a lot of that has to do with how kind of the first few weeks we saw um, uh, Jordan Love play. I think that had a lot brought a lot of hype for Christian Watson because of that, and we've since seen the Green Bay Packers kind of simmer down a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I, I think he's he's definitely in for some big weeks for sure with how the Packers have played. They just need to. They need that offensive line to step up a little bit right now.
0: That offensive line needs to get healthy. Yeah. That's the, like that's New York fun.
1: Giants offensive line right now. Like
0: it's yeah, hurt. It, it's, it's bad. The, it's holes. There's probably about, you know, eight or nine teams that same story, man. It's the offensive line is tough. Um, thoughts okay. on Ramondre Stevenson rest of the season? Um I think he's an RB too. Um, He's one of the only running backs that has over 60 routes run. And I like his participation in the, you know, in that they don't have a lot to, you know, as far as the receiving game and, you know, the Pats are, you know, they, they stay in the game, but they're typically trailing. Um, and so, uh, but Mac Jones is someone that does target the running back. Um, Ezekiel Elliott, I know that they had this thing last week where he was going to get like the, starters workload that's not going to happen stevenson is a much better player than ezekiel Elliott at this point in his career He's explosive runner and he's involved in the passing game um but i've taken him outside of my rb1 to move him to rb2 territory the rest of the season just because the offense is not like they're still trying to find themselves it's much better than last year much better than last year but they're still like they're not sustaining drives and they're not getting a lot of goal line opportunities. And that's going to hurt any running backs upside because like we talked about David Montgomery, like, yes, he got 32 carries and that's, but like the first week he didn't get 32 carries. And he still had a monster performance because he's getting all the goal line work and they're around the goal line a lot. And so like Philly's a team that like, they're always like, they're scoring a lot of touchdowns and there's a lot of fantasy points to go around when the Pats are only scoring two or three touchdowns a week. Not a lot of fantasy production to go around.
1: Yeah, he's definitely a buy for me. I think you. this is the floor. You see him. He's currently RB 23 in fantasy points. I think that's as low as it goes. He's on the field too much, uh, and a lot of that is on the back of, you know, he's got one touchdown through four games, and that's with the receiving work that he gets and the rushing work that he gets. Like Dave said, you you know, you talked about new offensive coordinator. they're trying to find themselves. It's going to take some time for them to click. Bill O'Brien is a pretty good offensive mind when he can just focus on that and play calling. We've seen him have successful offenses. When calling plays, both in the NFL and in college, we saw him be successful with some offenses, even when he was in Houston. So, I think you're going to see better days ahead for Ramondre Stevenson. But when you got a running back who's getting 65 to 75 percent of the work, uh, the the snaps and the work that that's a guy I'm willing to go buy low on uh, because people are starting to fade. So, I, I, I definitely think he's a buy uh, for the remainder of the season.
0: Yeah, and the last guy I'll throw, I forgot to mention him earlier, Brees Hall. Brees Hall is not getting as much work, but he looks so much better than Dalvin Cook. And the Jets schedule does get better. They got they the Giants coming up. They got the Broncos this week. They got a couple other matches. Um Zach wilson's starting to play a little better, but Brees Hall is way better than Dalvin Cook. And we know that. It was going to take about the first month of football before he started to get his footing. Nobody expected him to rip off like huge gainers week one, but they're going to get him more involved. I could see him have a monster week this week against the Broncos and he's going to be like, you cannot trade for him. After loaded, week. Yep. So yep. do it now, even though you're going to probably have to pay a little bit knowing that he's going to be a lot worth a lot more after that and, you know, hell, if you want to sell them after that, it's fine. But schedule looks pretty good after this. I love it. That's everybody. All right. That's all we got. That's all we got. Well, hey, thanks, Jamie, for hanging out. Thanks for the question there. Um, uh, Cha, is it Cha Mawa? Hopefully, I said that right. Um, and then uh, always hit that, that, that subscribe button. Thank you, everybody, for checking in. As always, good luck this season. Cheers.